Good afternoon once again. I am Gabby Jongson, one of your campus missionaries. You know, um, it's really a privilege to be here, especially because our pastor, Pastor Dennis, is finishing his master's degree in Wheaton. So let's all like really pray for him. He's about to finish. He's doing all his works and it's a degree on theology. So when he comes back, he's going to be preaching on a lot more for us. So with that, um, today it, I'll be the one preaching for you guys. And I know Pastor Dennis has been talking about church for the past few weeks. And it's amazing how we learned a lot about how a church leaves its mark, its trademark, how a church actually allows you to be part of a community. But today we're going to talk about prayer, how a church prays together. Here's the thing with prayer. We have lots of misconceptions about prayer. For some of us, we feel it is only for the mature Christians. Or for some of us, we are intimidated with how many words can come out when we're praying. For some of us, inaantok pa tayo when we're praying. So we give up. And okay na yan. For some of us, we feel prayer is not for us. Okay na mag-service, okay na rin mag-worship, pero mag-pray, wag na lang. For some, it's complicated. I hear this a lot, especially with the students we handle. For some, they don't know how to pray. For some, they feel that there needs to be a first paragraph, a second paragraph, and an ending paragraph. And then wrap it up in Jesus' name, Amen. You see, a lot of us have misconceptions on praying. A lot of us can't even go past five minutes of praying, myself included. But you see, the misconceptions of prayer is that it has to be long, it has to be eloquent, and it has to be in English sometimes, but it's not. Especially when we come together as a church, most of us, we are shy when we pray. Most of us, we already have that shield, that facade, na nakahiya eh. Let me tell you today that prayer is so powerful. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump in. In Acts chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, this was a time when the church was experiencing persecution. Hindi niya ba napapansin every week na lang the church is experiencing persecution? That's because it's how it started. That's how the church grew. Every time the church was experiencing problems, they would grow. Every time they were being persecuted, the church could not stop but grow. Every member in that church experienced Jesus. And could not help but preach who Jesus is. And so again, week three already, we're still talking about chapter 12. The church is still being persecuted. Now this is what was happening. It says here, verse 1, About the time Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. 
This was during the days of the unleavened bread. You know, Peter was the one Jesus asked to build the church. Peter, in a way, was their senior pastor. I don't want to say that about Pastor Dennis, but if you can imagine, Peter was jailed. And the church didn't know what to do. Peter was jailed. James was killed, and probably many brothers and sisters were already imprisoned and killed, hanged, or whatnot. I'll continue. It says here, when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers. Four squads of soldiers, it's like 16 soldiers surrounding one prisoner. 16 soldiers intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So they put Peter in jail. But here's the part I want to focus on. Here's the part I hope, church, we listen in. Because while Peter was in prison, the church was doing something. While the Peter, their pastor in a way, was in prison, unable to lead, unable to continue to preach, unable to do the ministry that Jesus has left him with, the church was doing something. I'll continue. It says here, So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Here's where I want to focus on. The but moment. You know, for Peter who was in prison, and yet there's a group of people outside prison doing something about it. For some of us, this can look like our situation in life right now. For some of you, you're experiencing a really hard time in your workplace. For some of you, like what was being exhorted a while ago, some of you are really tired. I really feel that. Some of you need rest. Some of you are in a situation beyond your control where you feel imprisoned. Some of you are in a situation where you cannot let go of those chains. For some of you, you're even there and you don't know you're in a prison. You know, but there's a but moment every single time. In fact, in the Bible, every time you read the The epic part, the action part, always comes after the but in the scripture. Because God doesn't settle with just your situation as is. In fact, he uses people to help. There may be times in our lives today, in our situations, in your past, or even you might encounter in your future, where you will be in a pickle like Peter. And maybe the answer to get you out of there is not by yourself. Or maybe for you, the message is knowing that there is going to be a better ending. That this is not final. This is not permanent. That but moment is so significant. It means you're trusting God to continue the story, to do something about the situation. You're trusting God that the story is not finished and he will push through. He will show up in your situation. That but moment is so crucial in our everyday faith and walk with Jesus. Much more to the church. 
Because we are the people of God, the church. Collectively, every moment we acknowledge that God is in control of our lives and story, it is part of the church. That but moment, whatever your situation is, there is always a but moment. For Peter, it was this, earnest prayer. Earnest prayer was being made to God by the church. You know, when you say earnest prayer, what does that mean? Another word for it is fervent prayer. <laughs> what does that mean? You know, in the original word, it means fully stretched. Describing something that's super extended to the full potential. Stretched to the full potential without slack. If you're holding a rope from end to end, stretched to its full potential. Have you ever seen a car being towed by a rope? Now we use trucks, right? But before, you would use a rope and it stretched fully without slack, without letting up. That's what earnest prayer looks like. You pray until you cannot anymore. You pray until it happens. You pray and you pray without giving up. That is fervent and earnest prayer. doesn't matter if you're on your knees. It doesn't matter if it takes five minutes to one hour, one second. It doesn't matter if it's straight English, if it's eloquent or not. It doesn't matter if you pray inside the church or at your home or in your workplace. It doesn't matter. It is not letting up. That is what earnest prayer means. It's being stretched to its full potential, not giving up. Honestly, in our situations in life, when we have that, I'm imprisoned, whatever that prison is for you, do we not let up in prayer? Do we pray earnestly? Do we pray without ceasing? Do we pray fervently? Prayer in its original word actually means an exchange. An exchange with God. Prayer in its simple way is communicating with God. Many times we, we end up with prayers, or I'm sorry, you end up with phrases like, Bahala na si Batman. Batman talaga. <laughs> or like, even without Batman, bahala na, okay na yan. Or you rely on your own options, finding ways to fix the problem. And then prayer becomes the last act, the emergency button. You see, praying earnestly is praying without giving up. It's an exchange with God. You know what was supernatural about this verse? Because the next verse after, God showed up. While Peter was in prison, the church was praying for him. While Peter was in that place where he could not be freed, 
the church was praying for him. You know what happened in the next verses? An angel appeared to Peter, woke him up, and said, follow me. They ran outside. Suddenly, the doors of the jail were open, and suddenly, Peter found himself in the street. Set free. Miraculously. Peter was free miraculously. Church, before that, you know it was the prayers. The earnest prayers that the church were praying to God for Peter. You know, Peter's story is just one of the many stories in the Bible that shows us the power of prayer. For this to have happened, that would mean the king, when he discovered, found the soldiers, all 16 of them, and asked, what happened? Where is Peter? They could not explain. The king had to kill all the soldiers. They didn't do their job. Something miraculous happened. Here's my point. God answers prayers. Prayers that are given earnestly and fervently. You know, sometimes we find this hard to accept. That God answers prayers. For a lot of us, this story is just too simple or too action-packed that it's like almost like a comic. That it won't happen in our life. Here's the thing. God answers prayers, yes. But for some of you, I feel there are some of you here in this room that have been praying prayers for a very long time and you're asking at the back of your head, how about those? Where was God? You see, when God answers prayers, it is never in our timeline. When God answers prayers, sometimes He says no. Because you're not ready for it. But there are times when God answers prayers and he says, not yet. I'm preparing something better. No, there are times when God answers prayers and he takes away something because it's not good for you. You can pray prayers, supernatural and ask God to appear and give a miracle. And for some of us, that's why we're hurt. Because we have a hard time believing that God answers prayers. We have a hard time praying because we've been hurt by that. Let me tell you something. It is never about... When we're praying, it is never about performance-based. How much you pray, how often you go to church, how you serve God, it has always been promise-based. It has always been on the Word of God. You see, God answers prayers according to His will, to His timing. That's why for some of us, it's hard to pray because we want to trust on ourselves. 
we pray for the sake of praying, but we still have a backup plan behind in our, ba- in our backs of our heads. If God doesn't show up, I have plan A, plan B, plan C. Is that really full surrendered trust to God? That like what we were seeing a while ago, He is a great God. All things are possible in His name. And yet we have plan A, B, C at the back of our heads. Sometimes this idea or this truth that God answers prayers is not as tangible for others, but it is for the other people around you. And we're wondering, why God? This person I know in this church is like this already. They have financial peace and success and their provision. And I saw our journey. We just started together. But how come kami hindi pa, Lord? For some of you, you're already comparing your, your, the friends you have in your victory group. Iba-iba yung journey. Even in maturity and spiritual walk. And you're wondering, Lord, how about my prayers? Hindi ba ako nag-serve? Hindi naman ako? We have so many questions like that. And so my prayer for us today is that you would know the heart of God for you. Because while we don't know all the answers, we will know and rely on the truth that God is faithful. I cannot compare your journey with the friend beside you. Or how come this person has more answered prayers in their faith goals than you? There's just no way to know. It is your walk with God your prayer life with God, your faith with God. And the only guarantee we can have right now is that God is a faithful, promise-keeping God who is great, who in all things are possible. That, I'm telling you, church, you can rely on. Maybe for some of you, you don't know what's going to happen this year, what you're praying for. Maybe next year, you keep praying again and again and again. But let me tell you, It's not about timing in our earthly way. It's about God's timing. Another thing we're going to see in this story is that how is the heart when we pray? You see, it goes on and it says in verse 13 to 15, And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, Peter was able to get free. And so he decides to go to Mary and all those people, the apostles, the disciples who were gathering in and show up and tell them, I'm free. And so he knocked at the door of the gateway. A servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice, in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, It's just his angel. Here's the thing. The church was praying for Peter, right? Earnestly praying. And yet you can see two kinds of hearts in this verse. Rhoda, who was so excited, nandiyan na si Peter, didn't open the gate yet, but wanted to tell everyone else in the room that Peter was set free. 
Rhoda, who's super excited, super expectant, who probably knew, I knew it, God would show up. God would answer the prayers we've been praying. Super excited, super joyful, super expectant. And yet you have another group of people saying to you, you're out of your mind. And yet those are the prayers you're praying when it finally happens. Maybe for some of us, you don't say you're out of your mind. You're saying, galing ko, no? Sabi ko na nga ba, mangyayari. Ito kasi ginawa ko. Ito yung mga discarte ko. Sometimes when we pray prayers, the heart is being tested. Especially when God answers the prayers. You can put it to your pride and say it's because of you. Or you can be expected and say, God, I knew it. You are faithful. You are the promise-keeping God. Anything is possible in your name. When we pray prayers and when we see the answers, what is in our hearts? You see, when they said you are out of your mind, most of them doubted. You can pray earnestly. Interesting, right? You can pray earnestly stretched to its full potential, and yet react that way. Don't you see how God does not rely on just that? He relies on His promise, not your performance. Grabe si Lord. Grabe talaga. What's another amazing thing about this is that it was a collective prayer. It was a church that was praying together. I'm going to go on. It says here, But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord brought him out of the prison. And he said, Tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. Here's the thing. Peter described how God had set him free. And he asked them to tell the others about it. They encouraged and celebrated together. We can be consumed with worries and doubts of whether our prayers will ever be answered. But until you, com you join a community and celebrate answered prayers, your faith will not grow. See, this is the thing what Peter was sharing. She was describing that because of your prayers, church, I am set free. Church, you are part of that. That's what Peter was trying to say. Church, you have to share this to other people. That God is a, is a God who answers prayers. That He sends His angel. That He works on our behalf. That He hears every prayer uttered. Sometimes we're consumed with the, you're out of your mind. Because it's just us and our mind. Our doubts, our insecurities the problems, the circumstances, if you don't let other people share to you how great and amazing God is, the answered stories, the answered prayers, if you don't celebrate together, it's so easy to be doubtful. It's so easy to be, to, to compare with, Lord, bakit yung 
prayer nila and answer mo yung prayer ko, hindi. You see, this misconception with prayers, the reasons why we have so many misconceptions, it's because it's always about us. When was the last time we prayed for others? We prayed for the church. We heard someone else's breakthroughs. We heard the church's breakthroughs. What God is doing in the nations, what God is doing in the marketplace, what God is doing in the campuses. While yes, maybe for some of our prayers, it's not yet answered. But you see, you will see God is a God who answers prayers in His timeline. A promise keeper, a faithful God. There's power when the church prays. There is so much power when the church prays. Every single time something happens when we pray, God hears us. God moves even when we don't see with our physical eyes. Something happens in the supernatural every single time we pray. What more when the people of God come together and pray? History belongs to the intercessors. Radical things have been changing in our nation because people are praying without end, without ceasing. It's not perfect. Even in your own lives, when you're part of a victory group, when you're part of a community, when you're part of a church that prays for you, whenever you write down those prayer requests in your tight envelope, whenever you ask someone around you, your friend here in church to pray for you, there's power in that. Corporately. You know, this is an amazing story. Something I dream of one day. You see here, Charles Spurgeon is a really radical, amazing preacher before. And hundreds and thousands of people would get saved every single time he would preach. And so there would be five college students who wanted to hear that preacher, Charles Spurgeon. So they went and somebody greeted them in the door. And because they were early for service, that person toured them around the church. And then he asked those five college students if they would like to see the boiler room. But there, they would have heaters in the basement. And so the students were wondering, why would you want to show us the boiler room? But okay, we don't want to disrespect, we're just visitors. He leads the five students to the boiler room. And they see hundreds of people praying, crying out, kneeling before God. They were praying before the service was starting. They were praying that people who would attend the service would encounter God, would be touched by the word and transformed by it, that answered prayers would happen. That they would feel the presence of God every single time. That they would hear the word, apply it, and be changed forever. Radical people were saved thousands every single time. It 
was said that this, this basement, this boiler room had around 700 people praying every time. Only to find out that these college students were speaking to none other than Charles Spurgeon himself, the amazing preacher. You see, church is not just built on, you know, it's carpeted, it's nice, it's aircon, that's why people come. There's a supernatural thing happen whenever you come. Someone's been praying for you, that's why you're here. For you to even come here for the first time, somebody invited you, somebody prayed for you, somebody planted the seed. And for you to hear the word right now that's speaking straight to your heart, sometimes you hear a word from the pastor and you're saying, but parang alam ni pastor yung pinagdadaanan ko. You know that's the word of God, the Holy Spirit speaking to you because it's for you. There's a supernatural thing that happens every time you come to hear the word of God. It's never just about sitting down and everything's prepared for you. People are praying. People are interceding. I don't know if you know, but every Sunday, 7 a.m., we pray for the service. Every Sunday before the 9, 11, 1, 2, 34, 5, 37 p.m. service, there are people praying for you. There are people praying that you will encounter God. There are people praying for the worship, for the presence of God. There are people praying that the people of God would be discipled, radically changed from the inside out. That is the power of prayer. For some of you, maybe you've had those moments where tinamad ka mag-church, pero sabi mo, sige na nga, punta ka na. Pagpunta mo, the word was for you. I'm telling you, people were interceding for you. Or you hear something, you come up and you ask people to pray for you in the front. The next week, something happened and it was answered. That's power when you're part of a church because the church prays. You know how this church was started? It wasn't started with a service immediately. It started in the house. A prayer meeting. <laughs> but it makes me so humble to know that these people, Pastor Bojo and Joash are there. Payat pasila. <laughs> They're in the back. Ate Tami is pregnant with Mika. Pastor Dennis leading. What we have here is birth and prayers. Our journey with God was birthed with prayers. Nothing is an accident. Nothing is because it's convenient. It is the power of prayer that we are able to come together every Sunday to worship God, to hear His word and be in service and in communion with one another. Prayers after prayers until this was planted. They did this for a long time before they were able to have a contract with Music Museum and then later on here in Victory, uh, in Vimal. Another thing I want to share to you is that when the church prays, amazing things happen. 2015, this was what was happening with our students. 
You see, 2015, that's when we started to radically encourage and rally all our students to start praying for their campuses. In 2015, we had prayer meetings every Wednesday in the afternoon until suddenly we got so big we would pray in the campuses, in the different areas. And this is what birthed the many youth services that we have with over 20 campuses that we're reaching, with lost students being saved, with leaders rising up to disciple their classmates and their teachers and their family members. It started with prayer. Not about themselves. Prayer for others. Prayer for the church to be used. Prayer walks. Every time we go out, you know, this doesn't even look like, it doesn't just look like this for campuses. It can look like this for your workplace and for your family. Every time you go out and you declare the blessings of God and you declare that God will use that place, open doors to happen, prayer works, they do open the doors. We are only able to reach those many campuses because suddenly God will give an opportunity and a teacher in that school, an admin in that school, an opportunity to present who we are would always rise up, no fail. And if not, students would radically rise up and still preach regardless. That's supernatural. That is the power of prayer. Especially when we come together. We are a church that prays together. Another breakthrough. You see, there are still a lot of campuses that don't allow partnerships with us as a campus ministry. But just last Thursday... DepEd Undersecretary signed a memorandum of agreement for an official partnership with Real Life Foundation, our scholars, and Every Nation Campus. Church, this means that the years and years we've been praying to reach the campuses is finally slowly being answered because this means that every campus where we present that memorandum of agreement can and should entertain us because we are endorsed by DepEd. I don't know if you're imagining with me the thousands of students, the partnerships, the scholarships that we can give out that change lives, that that can happen. Prayer is so important. Prayer is important, especially when we pray for others and when we pray corporately. The reason why we have misconceptions about prayer is because it's about us, or worse, it's about performance. Try eliminating yourself when you pray. You will see the heart of God. And when you see the heart of God, it's His heart for your family, it's His heart for your workplace, it's His heart for your community, it's His heart for the campuses. It's his heart for lost people. When the church prays, power is released. I'm about to end and I want to call on the music team to come up. You see, I feel like for some of us, it's hard to pray. Maybe because you don't know the heart of God for you. 
to the extent of even praying for others is already too much when you yourself can't pray for your own. You see, prayer, the foundation of prayer, it has always been in the name of Jesus, the one who intercedes for us. We're going to take this time to pray. We're going to take this time to ask for God's heart. I feel like there's a word for each of you individually and a word God has for the people around you. Can I ask you all to stand up? going to ask you to quiet yourself, bow down your heads and close your eyes. No rush. Close your eyes, be quiet, remove the thoughts and ask God for a word. Ask God for his heart. Ask God to give you a heart that can silence the doubts, that fills you with faith. we're going to do this as a church. Grab the person beside you and pray for that person. Pray for that person. Bless that person. Speak life to that person. Don't be shy. That person needs to hear your prayer. Pray.
Lord, I pray for our church. I pray, Lord God, that you will radically change their prayer life. Lord God, thank you because you are changing their hearts right now. That every time they get to know your heart, they can't help but pray for you. Pray for other people, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, we will not let up on praying for one another. That we will be people a church of God who prays for one another, who prays for the church, who prays for the pastors, who prays for the members, who prays for the volunteers, who prays for everyone who comes here to encounter God. We will not stop. We will not let up until, Lord God, you show up in our situations. Lord, we ask for that but moment in our lives where you're gonna show up and people are behind us praying. Lord, we may not be able to see But Lord, you are doing something. Lord, we ask for spiritual eyes that when we pray, we we don't pray according to what we see or the circumstance that we see, but we pray according to promise, that we pray according to what we see in the spiritual eyes. Lord, you're releasing those gifts right now in the name of Jesus. You're going to let them discern. You're going to let them to pray prophetic prayers. Lord God, you're going to let them see and declare and turn around situations because prayers are in the name of Jesus, not our own words, not by skill, but in the name of Jesus we pray. And so, Lord, we declare you are faithful. You are promise-keeping God. You will increase our faith, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.